Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. Today we're talking about distribution, and specifically, Film Hub. I am Giles Alderson, co-writer and director of the psychological horror film The Dare and the World of Darkness feature documentary and producer of pitch black horror comedy A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. We are on iTunes as always. Do keep supporting us. Do keep sharing on Twitter. Do do everything you can. It really helps. It makes a big difference for us. Uh, we really like it because we feel loved and liked. Um, so do give us a glowing review if you haven't already because why not? It's free. Uh, make the most of this and support us. So joining me today is Klaus Badelt, who has not only composed music for Pirates of the Caribbean and the Olympics, but he's also the founder of Film Hub. Welcome, Klaus. How are you? Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So this podcast is all about helping people get off their asses and make their first film or the harder part, carry on making films or screenwrite or edit or whatever it is. We try and provide a service where people can learn from this as much as I'm learning. They learn at the same time. Obviously, we'll talk about Film Hub, but let's talk about your journey first, how you got to Film Hub. What was your story? Because obviously you've been a composer for a long time and a filmmaker. How did you start? Yeah, I mean, my, my story is actually it's, uh, quite, uh, well, so you know, I had my first like tech startup at 18, right? So back oh. in Germany, at the time when they didn't call it startup yet, you had to actually make money yeah, and, okay. and, you know, and run a company. So and I sold this with, uh, I don't know, 25 and then turned, well, some say 180 degree to me is actually quite close. But I then went on to write music, um, did, um, then went on to Hollywood, moved to Hollywood and then started writing film scores. Um, did you just decide to go, do you know what, I'm going to move there because there'll be more work for me? <laughs> well, if you want details, um, I was here on vacation. Um, <laughs> ah, and I, said, okay. you know, I was just like... You I say was just here tempted. because you're already there now, it, right? I'm sorry, I'm yeah, here yeah. in Santa Monica right now. Exactly, yeah. sorry for that. I, um, I got here because I was tempted to just listen to all these great musicians and they seem to have here in Los Angeles and they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had like about a week here of going to, I don't know, the, uh, I don't know, the, the usual jazz and, and pop and rock clubs until I, um, and I, I visited some other studios like film composer studios, which I had no idea. You cannot just do that. You can't can just, you just like, knock the door. Can you, you can just go knock on the door and visit their studio. No, you can't. Oh, you, you can't. totally can't. And, but I did. <laughs> Because I didn't know. And, Perfect. Um, I love it. Some, yeah, somehow it worked out. Um, but I didn't actually ask for a job or something. I didn't even think I could do this. I, mm. I had worked in film music in, in, back in Germany. I did you know, basically everything you could achieve more or less. But I was just here to enjoy. And, and I did ask for like an internship. Just I want to like check in how they do this. And mm. um, well, I kind of stayed here ever since. That was in I don't know, 20 years ago. Wow. So what, just jumping back, when you were in Germany, what were you making? Were you making your own films, directing them, producing them, doing the sound? I was, I was actually a film composer again. I was mm. like writing, you know, uh, German TV uh, movies, uh, movie movies, the tons of commercials. Movie um, movies, I like that. Is that like different to <laughs> movies? What kind of movie movies? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, there is a difference between TV, well... 20 years ago, there was a huge difference between TV movies and movie movies yes, and, um, yes. and feature films on in the theater. Today, it's kind of blurry, you know. Um, Netflix does like movie movies better than mean. some 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there was a difference. So I, I did a lot of TV movies at the time also. You know, you have to get into it. Mm-hmm. But then did my first orchestra recordings and and hold myself into this this whole job. I am, um, uh, yeah. And then in coming here, I just pretended I know it all, kind of. And, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, best way, right? <laughs> yeah. That, the innocence. My first movie was kind of. Yeah, my first movie was kind of. The second movie was a hundred million dollar movie. Wow. So wait. So that was that was crazy. How did that know? happen? How did you go from a smaller movie to suddenly doing a hundred million dollar movie? <laughs> yeah, I. I um, I came here and my path I chose, um, and trust me, I didn't choose anything Leary consciously. Mm-hmm. It was like a like a stream of like, let's just try this because it felt right. right. And I never thought really, you know, like I had sold my startup, right, my, my company. So it gave me some money over, over the years. I see. Not much, but enough to like get a, you know, one bedroom and mm-hmm. in Los Angeles and, and see what happens here. And um no, I did the first movie for like two dollar fifty. Um, <laughs> but I, I joined some, com- you know, name named composers here. I, I helped them, you know, day and night. Mm-hmm. I uh, did this with Michael Kamen, Hans Zimmer. Did this with um, wow. Mark Shaman at the beginning. That and I just like worked great. my way into it. I, yeah, I made coffee. I made really good coffee. <laughs> but you got to see what they did firsthand. You got to got actually visualize that. That must have been incredible, right? Hans Zimmer. How does he work? What's his you yeah, know. that was cr- that was crazy. I was, I tell you, it was great, um, great experience to sit there. I was allowed to. I mean, I made the kitchen, like you know, took the trash out and yeah. cleaned up everything, and then waited for that second the door opened to like you know while it closed slowly to just check, <laughs> press record. <laughs> yeah, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I got lucky um, in a way that they got the trust of these guys, like Hans, to you know, really enabled me to do a lot of. Uh, Things to just you know, hey, sit on the couch and listen while he was writing on some you know 160 million dollar movie, mm. and then he would turn around and ask me, so uh, do you think that's good or sh- is this better? And wow, like, uh, wow, get me? I don't it's know. terrible, it's terrible, Hans. I yeah. <laughs> I could do much better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, it's always uh, I learned later. You know, it's it's really great to as a creative, not just as composer, as a creative to play to an audience and you know it's you perform so much different and better if you you know writing scripts or writing music or writing software by the way it's such a lonely job mm. in a dark room uh, you have no feedback uh, you have to perform here's a deadline yep. there's a tight deadline man it's not like writing songs for a record or something you know you're like you have to deliver but tomorrow morning at seven the director's coming and uh, yes. you better have a theme yes so that's so i totally feel with all this you know i i've I've meant this it's actually easier to perform like this and it's easier it it it, you know while you explain this you suddenly realize oh shit (laughs) sorry um you you can do this much better um oh i got it now yeah i got i turn around play to someone later on and i would notice that moment what's wrong with it but i'd never notice it the moment i wrote it i see yeah it just it makes such a difference when you play or show your work to someone else, and almost when you're sat in the room showing it with, because you suddenly go, oh god, they're hearing that bit, and oh my god, I don't like that bit now, or that doesn't look right now. It's amazing what can change when you show it to other people. It really yeah. is. It's incredible. I remember in script writing too. I remember <laughs> maybe it's uh, too much information, but like you know, I know oh, when okay. we did Gladiator, like they, they read the, the script was the, the script reading was going on every morning. Or every mm-hmm. night, I forgot. But there were massive changes made, you know, by just having it read on the on the set, and then like, oh wait a minute, you know, this doesn't this now suddenly you have all these ideas. <laughs> it's completely insane, I know, because um, every day is like I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars, but mm. but you make changes, and that's that's uh, you you have to keep that 
indie spirit, you know, there's creative spirit in there, no matter what the budget is. Yeah. And and then you keep your integrity. So in a way, I mean, I mean, maybe ahead of myself, you know, but it, it's 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 um, not more fun, but it is so much fun to do an indie film with limited budget or sure. no budget, or zero budget, or something. You know, you suddenly have to be creative and inventive. Yeah, you do. Yeah, because I've done so many from the you know the hundred sixty million dollar movie down to I don't know for free. Mm-hmm. I did it for one. I did a Werner Herzog movie for one dollar, and I paid my agent ten cents. So <laughs> did I, he actually ask for the ten percent? I love that. <laughs> I demand the ten cents. <laughs> exactly. You're fine. He got it. He, he got, got it. it. Did he, he actually got... get it? I love yes, that. I the dollar is still framed in my studio. So oh, yes, that's can... nice. But it'd be nice to work on a film with him. But you're Enough. so you're so right. It is about that indie spirit, and you have to keep that going, whatever you're working on, um, because. It's almost like that first one you do, which is indie. Usually, you're free. Right. You kind of go, well, uh, we're in. A, we have to just shoot something because we haven't got the lights or the time or the actors as the best we want. So you make right. it work. You're creative and you find ways of making it work. It's true, and you hear that I mean, quite did, a lot, don't yeah. you? The bigger directors I, who suddenly go, oh, I wish I was still doing my first one where I could be so creative. Yeah, why can't you do it now? What what's changed? What's stopping you? Yeah, it's the same with recording artists everywhere. It's the mm. same with creators. Like, you know, usually the first album is like the thing, right? Of mm-hmm. of anyone, and then they have a hard time following up on that with something really genuine and uh because you get you get involved and compromised by the bloody system you know you get like um, and that's really hard to keep that integrity i mean i worked on movies here with i don't know more more producers i've even met you know uh, they have 20 cards of producers at the beginning of the movie you never so you have to please everyone you have to be you know careful and Mm -hmm. um, in the movies like and a lot of French movies, for example, you sit in the room with the director and the producer might not even ever show up because it's a different situation in France. Right. So you are just free to, well, not free to create. You know, you create for the audience. It's the same thing. Only you you have the integrity that it's not like uh, polishing off all the edges. Yes. And there's not too many voices saying, well, that works for me in this bit. And then over yeah. there, that doesn't. But you can, as, a, as an overall strand it doesn't work. And then that's why a lot of movies become bitty because there's too many voices chucking in and they all want to be heard and they all want their opinion to be listened to. And you, it, it yeah, can, and you can hear this. Yeah. And you can hear this and see this in, in Hollywood movies in the last, the last 10 years quite a bit. Um, yeah. And in, in scores too, in everything, you know, in script writing. Um, while, you know, that's, that was like, I mean, don't want like, to jump again, jump the gun, but like there was part of these, the, the, the big inspiration of film up is to, to keep that spirit, right? To mm-hmm. to not be dependent now that you don't have to be, um, because of of the digital uh, improvements. I mean, for example, in, in in digital production pipelines, right? I mean, twenty yeah. years ago, you needed that camera and you needed that light, and it was expensive. And very expensive, yeah. Right, and today you need. It shifts more towards the good idea. Mm-hmm. You have to have that good idea. You still can do make make crappy movies, uh-huh. and there's plenty of them. <laughs> But some of them only look better now, right? Because yes. it looks like shot on, you know, I don't know. You can even do your Mark Five, uh, your Five D or something, right? But yeah, uh, and you can shoot movies on it if you if you really know what you're doing. Uh, just like recording music, you can have it on your laptop. And I, by the way, totally enjoy this. Uh, I, I wrote half of the Olympics in in Beijing on my laptop. Ah, oh, I and love that. Ago, yeah, you know, but it's it was really hard at the time. But now it's just getting easier and easier. Everything is so powerful. Uh, yeah, you need light, you need good actors, but you know, there's lots of them are good and they're not working. You need good, good ideas, but 
production value you can now create on your laptop at Starbucks or, you know, mm -hmm. Coffee Bean. Yeah, and you could never great. do that before. There was no way you could do that. I'm friends with the uh, editor of Monty Python films and uh, he yeah. had to look at my latest film and it was just fascinating to hear how he was telling the stories about how he'd edit that. You know, he's cutting it on reels and the way he, he, he'd go, oh, okay, I need another shot. So I'll go in my garden and I'll uh, I'll get my big old camera out and do a, 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 a cutaway shot from his garden and then splice it back in. And it, it's almost <laughs> similar to how we do it now, but it, it was much harder. It wasn't as easy. It was cost a lot of money, whereas now it's true. You can sit in Starbucks or wherever you want and um, and cut your film. And yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And so it's, you have no, you have no excuse in a way. Yeah, you have <laughs> no awesome. excuses. This is what I've been banging on about this podcast for a while. To the people who are going, oh, maybe I should. Oh, one day I will. It's like, no, it's it's 2018. Make your film. You can do it. It's 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 doable. People are making them on their iPhones. Have a great story and go. Do you know what? I'm gonna go make it. And you can. It's accessible. It's all there for you. Learn how to do it. So important. I totally agree. I mean, you and then look at the Academy Awards. I mean, uh -huh. it's still big business and it's still the old industry distribution etc but uh what what seven out of nine nominees this year for best picture were indie pictures yeah they're not done by the studios and it's been like this for the last 10 years more and more mm -hmm. last year was you know movie was done for what was budget 1.5 million dollars yeah, i know it's one point five. was that moonlight yes yeah yeah it was not and yeah. it was so hard to get it made and of course it now and uh, now it's out and all seems so easy but boy you know Oof. so and you don't have to necessarily win an oscar it's it's about like getting this in front of an audience at the end of the day right and to to build this so i believe in move, making movies for your audience i mean there's art there's other movies where filmmakers often don't <laughs> they don't admit it but they don't care they ultimately do it for themselves but and yeah. that's fine too it's just that but i i believe in um like getting an audience ex not excited but like emotionally on a ride um getting you out of this world for two hours uh, i did it with music but i was part of myself with the film as a filmmaker i i you know look i i always moved where the filmmakers were i i had my studio in a in big cases and i went to china or to burbank at warner brothers doesn't matter i was want to be in the cutting room where they are and we never talked about music every day we just talked i looked at what they did I was inspired what the editor just, how he looked at the film, what, what he tried to achieve. And then I went to my room and tried to achieve the same, just to be as good as them, hopefully. And that, that's what I love about filming. That's the difference to music making, right? Where you talk about music, but with filmmakers, you're not, it's about, I mean, there's so many more things and, and different things. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I want to talk about is music. And it's the same. It's about the emotional ride. It's about, are you firm do you understand your movie yeah. do you what do you want to achieve with that scene what's the big arc here what's the you know you have only five minutes at the beginning to now i'm talking feature film but there's there's other formats too and there's so many cool things you can do today now now that it's open right you don't have to do that 90 minute and don't do 88 you know mm -hmm. yes yeah or tv it doesn't have to be 23 minutes uh, all this bs is all gone you can do now whatever you think you can create absolutely it's and, that, and, that, and that's it's beautiful and it's a wonderful place to be where you can just like you say they can be as long as they like that i know people who are making uh sort of 10 minute episodes now because they know a platform that you can go on okay well that's yeah. might be easiest for them to write rather than stretching it out it's everything's exactly. doable it's it really is and it's a wonderful time to be a filmmaker even though there's more of us doing it because it is more accessible and we can shoot on our iphones 
it, you still rise to the top if you're you're good and you you work hard and you know you're the right kind of person um yeah i love that yeah incredible time to be making things um right so let's we can chat more filmmaking as well but let's let's just delve into the film hub um which is for filmmakers it's a a marketplace for and a streaming service tell us what it is in your own words so that people understand what it is and then we can get into it a little bit yeah yeah yeah, let me let me tell you how, how it started it has to do exactly with that you know that spirit of like okay i got indie filmmakers who it was born out of my own experience. So I had indie filmmakers, for example, I had this great documentary guy. Mm. He did. He, he I did an interview for him um, because he interviewed. Um, he, he did a documentary about a, like a music group. You know these crazy, the called Tambour du Bronx. I love them. They like they hammer on these oil um, um, uh, barrels, drums. Uh, yeah. drums. Yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. They do like rock and Rio and wow and. Uh, Amazing! You know, they 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 waste one set of oil um, barrels every every gig, right? Anyway, so wonderful, crazy stuff. The the documentary looked amazing, and I asked him, "So awesome! What happened with it? What's going to happen with it now?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I just did this for my little TV station in Lyon, but I have don't know. Can can I get this somewhere? I don't know." <laughs> and you know, I'm like, "Oh my God! There's so much of this stuff out there, mm-hmm. um, which." Doesn't they don't they don't have access to the system we in Hollywood have been building and the the build the system is not built for them, it's built for the what they call top zero point one percent, but whatever they call top. Yes. Yeah. I I go as far as saying we who are thinking we know don't know what the top is and. There's lots of proof. Look how many $100 million movies tanked, right? So who are we here in Hollywood or in the film distribution industry uh, to widen the net? Uh, Curators and gatekeepers shouldn't exist anymore because now we have video streaming, right? So we have now Mm -hmm. an audience worldwide. You know, we have kids sitting in Taiwan or in Germany or in the UK. They know about what's going on. They heard about this from their peers, social media, you know, tastemakers. Yeah. It's the completely new world, right? It's no more the big billboards on, I know, Oxford Street or something, right? Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, that exists too, but it's, they're no longer affected by it as such. There's no monopoly anymore on this. But there was no place where you could get, as a filmmaker, get your film up without entering into the old system. Mm. You, if you want your film at Netflix or in Italy or in, you know, these streaming services which are coming out, Hulu in the States, you know, there's hundreds of them here, thousands actually, you still had to go through the old system of agents, sales agents, lawyers, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So what my idea was, is like, wait a minute, I looked it up, how it works in music, how it works with books, e-books, you know, it's all... You can do very different things. So I set up this platform. I hired some people. I got to get a good team together. And we built this platform where you can basically upload your creation as a professional, quote, filmmaker. So if it's not cat videos, you can upload it. <laughs> uh, no, it needs to be professional. Yeah. But if you didn't make no, no judgment, there's no deny. There's no turning down. There's no application to fill out or mm-hmm. uh, we're, not, we're not judging quality or whatever. And you upload it and we put it on this marketplace and we promote this. On the other side, we sign up all these streaming services. Um, we have Netflix, Hulu, all the big ones now in America. We have all the big ones now, more and more China, mobile in China, every, everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Where these buyers, we call them, from these, the programmers from these streaming services, make their selection, what they think is best for them. 
And then we add some cool like data layers, like, you know, I'm a techie, right? So I, we wrote machine learning software to, to match the right titles with them. So they, they get um, what they need. They, they get what's probably successful in their streaming services. There's so many out there now. There are more and more. This is just the beginning. There's so many diverse ones, so many uh, uh, special interest or vertical ones. Some of them are just for sports, some for culture, some for certain types of feature um, it's it's amazing that you can now get insurance because the idea was you have to go where your audience is instead of think that the audience comes to you. Yeah, you can upload your movie to, I don't know, Vimeo, right? Mm-hmm. But then how do you get your audience there? Exactly. Unless you're sending an email saying, go to my Vimeo site. Yeah. And it, even then, really they what might not go. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's good. I mean, you have to now, you know, you have to now act as a more of an entrepreneur today, right? Mm-hmm. You. You can no longer just say, oh, I know one day I get a distribution, distributor to sign me mm. and I'll sign this movie. And or, that's or, it. Or, Suddenly we'll make loads of money. And actually exactly. that's not the case. It's like you can go make your film now, but it's actually getting it people to see it. That's the hard yeah. bit. It's absolutely so we, right. So I put this up and basically now you can say, I have worldwide distribution now. Check. Mm. Now I can take care of everything else. Mm. It's It's kind of a... It's a new, uh, it's an alternative to the distribution system as it was. And it still is, by the way. You know, I went, just went to Sundance last weekend. And for many filmmakers, it's still about the glamour of getting a, a deal. Mm. But these deals are often lousy. You don't get paid, uh, if at all. You don't get reporting. And you give up all your rights. You know, you, 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 if you're just in for the handing over the risk to the next guy, that's okay, but you, 90, 95, look, 14,000 films were submitted in Sundance last year, and 97 got accepted. So I wow. I will not accept to believe that 13,900 something are bad movies. Mm-hmm. Sure. There just was that gatekeeper who said no. Yep. So what about all the other 13,000? I mean, and that's what th- my... That's the thing. Does someone sit and watch all these movies anyway? I mean, it's, I mean they say they do, but it's, that's a lot of movies. <laughs> I got, yeah. That's yeah, a I've lot of it. students sitting there going to know <laughs> like that. I mean, <laughs> interns watching these things. It's a lot of movies to get into Sundance. Um, how was the I, festival itself? Was it good? I mean, was there some... Uh, super exciting, and the vibe is still there. It's mm-hmm. quite commercialized now um, compared to the many years ago there, but but it's meaning like, you know, they <laughs> they take the main street and they, they replace the signs of the original shops with whatever, right. the brand of whatever, you know, I'm not going to mention the brands now because I don't yeah. want to advertise one. But, um, <laughs> but, but there's still like, we. I spend most of the time in these coffee shops there and uh, talk to filmmakers and uh, organize organizations and um, um, documentary filmmakers, uh, film feature. um, It was amazing to like, it's such an intense vibe. It's like Hollywood would be, or like Los Angeles would be if it was on one square mile, Mm. something like that. Right. So it's it's intense. There's loads of filmmakers and everyone's wanting to talk about their films. So, so let's say someone approaches you there or you approach them and says, right, okay, we've heard about the film hub. Um, How can we go about getting it on there? Yeah, it's super easy. Just, there's, again, no application. You just sign up. It's all free. You upload your titles. You enter a lot of um, data about it, you know, like which festivals you were in or even not, you know, whatever whatever you can mm-hmm. to make this as enticing as you could possibly. You create a, like a social profile for your title, for your movie. Yeah. And then, um, again, it costs you nothing. Only when someone picks it up, 
and we sure make make sure that it will. I mean, as as much as we we can, um, right? There's no, of course, no. Guarantee. Well, there's certain guarantee. There's certain guarantees. There's some streaming services where we take it to, which guarantee to take it. So uh-huh. you basically have a lot of exposure already. But what we're trying to do is not to get it into one or two. We're trying to get it into fifty. You have to have a what they call a multi-channel strategy today. Okay. Um, that means you need to go where the audience is. You cannot go only where you want. Well, where your film is. So. Um, you have to go into all the multinationals. You have to go into the local, you know, what we call foreign locals, mm-hmm. which is very arrogant. America speak for, I don't know, the local German or the local UK or the local Taiwanese streaming service. Yeah, okay. And, and there's more and more coming out right now, right? The next, next 18 months will be full of this. Uh, I mean, we had like 63 new streaming services last year already in, wow. in the States. Wow. Okay. Uh, and are they all successful? Uh, I mean, are they all... Ones that people are hearing about. I mean, not all of them, but not all of them exactly. And it turns out, but only three close. So there's still a lot of oh. trend to like figure out what this what this all means. Yes, um, you can even look at YouTube as a as an example. It's like an advertisement based streaming service, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. It just they just pay very terribly. <laughs> they just yes, don't pay you really it. badly nowadays. Yeah, everyone used to think. Right. Well, they did in the sort of the old days. If you you got a sort of a hit on YouTube, you would make a little bit of money. Now they've changed it totally, and you literally right. make twenty pence for every thousand. It's it's really low. It's it's exactly. terrible. So we encourage even those creators who do like what they call mobile first or digital originals, you know, which is a great opportunity. Mm. We should not look down on those guys from our 35 millimeter perspective, right? And um, in opposite, there is like a popularity on on that platform sometimes, which is amazing. Billions of, you know, hundreds of millions of views of some show. And that's the new kind of TV show episode, like people just having fun, making good stuff, Mm -hmm. some dramatic stuff, some critiques, critical stuff. They're very good. We want to take these guys also out of that dead end street of YouTube and take them into the living rooms of today because, you know, mom and dad already subscribed to Hulu and whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to not get paid well. <laughs> Absolutely. So how do you do it then? So uh, someone's given you their wonderful film and it's, it's, a, it's a decent film, but they were struggling. They've put it on YouTube. Well, maybe they've, you know, so now they give it to you and you saying, okay, well, we can get it to certain distributors and certain platforms. How, as, what do you do? What's the process? Yeah, so w- after you upload your movie, mm-hmm. your process ends. You don't have to do anything as a filmmaker. So what our platform then does is it does all the rest. We took the whole like pr- um, distribution process online. So it's on, it's then the, it's on the, on the marketplace platform then. It okay. gets promoted with like in many different ways and we're working on more and more every day. It's all software based, right? So, um, we we have a lot of titles on the platform already. We have over um, over thirty thousand movies and TV shows now on the platform. So that means you can't watch them all when a new one comes in. Clearly, I mean, there's just exactly too many. right. Exactly, that's why we need now data. So our our um, discovery tools for the buyers of the platforms, and and to make sure that everyone understands, it's not streaming for consumers. It's not that you can go and film up and watch movies. Mm-hmm. We don't do this on purposefully because. Again, we are about the multi-channel strategy. We are about getting the, the, your movie or your show where the audience already is, not to us. We're not trying to win against Netflix. Yeah. We want you to get into Netflix. We want you to get into the Netflix of the world. Mm-hmm. There are many. Netflix is actually quite quite small compared to what else is out there. Um, anyway, so, so and then from then on, we 
promote, market it to these buyers. Um, you know, we write emails, there's uh, selections being done, they get, they can browse, they, they get it um, on different like curated and automated playlists, watch lists when they, when they log in. So they get many, many different ways, the, these buyers, to sell, make a selection. Yeah. And then when a new uh, streaming service signs up, which we have like every month, we have a couple or more, um, we're growing right now, what's a 10% in streaming services every month, meaning like every month we have 10% more streaming services sign up than before. So mm -hmm. you get automatically eligible for the next ones. Yes. And it's non-exclusive. So if you say you have a deal on the film festival, you, you sold to America or you sold to Germany or you did it as a co-production in France, something like this. And there's all these different models out there right mm -hmm. now for those who have some kind of access, but not, you know, the world. You, we have all the system built in. You just check off what you already sold. And so it's non-exclusive. We don't care if you have it somewhere else. We only want to be better than them and not, not like sign you with a contract and tie you up. Tie you up. So, so that means so if they're on Netflix, they're okay to then come on to any of the other platforms you've got. Exactly. Which exactly. Is, you just say not Netflix. That's, that's incredible, right? I mean, and Netflix haven't got an issue with this. You know, I mean, none of these streaming oh. sites go, well, you, you, you can't double up. No, we actually the opposite. It's interesting. We had like uh, we we have this great relationship with Vimeo on demand. Um, mm -hmm. They we do the the transactional video, like you can go on demand and actually buy a movie or rent it. And they send us all their uh, content owners, they call it, right? They they're they're filmmakers because um, they see this as an opportunity to get better content if they send them to us. We send them basically all the we do all the the work. Mm -hmm. But we send them also to other platforms, and Vimeo used that as a to convince their users, "Hey, come to us, and then you can go watch on other platforms too." Right. But everyone is—it's a different world now. It's not about trying to cut out the other guy mm -hmm. um, to get a better deal. In opposite, it's like it's a very open system. It's video streaming. Whatever is better works, and you should not settle for one thing, and you should not sign your life away, and you should not think it's better to um, have. I don't know, a distributor sign your movie and give you $2.50 for it mm -hmm. and you never see accounting. Just be very careful. It's my warning. I've seen many, many of those. Uh, it's, a, it's a very murky business. Really. It really yeah. is. And people, well, I think the thing is with it, people want that sort of recognition from their peers and people say, oh, um, Fox have got it, you know, or uh, Sony have bought my film. Uh, it, it sounds good. But like I say, it, it is a business after all. And like I say, you have to make money from this so you can carry on making more films. Um, and I, it, it can get lost in the system if someone's taken it. And oh, you, you get nothing. Goodness, yeah, you get nothing. I mean, I, I know it from years ago, from all these years through like music. You know, when my recording artists tell me, oh, I got signed by Sony. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> That's right that's the kiss of death you yeah. end up on vivo and have 38 views and they promise you the world oh, we create an audience for you you know, you know all this yeah talk mm. and you have no control at all who does your promotion how who does your market i'm talking about film now again yeah. right yeah so now is the time but you're paying for it by the way right you know yeah, you get deductions and whatnot yeah but you have absolute control it's a completely weird world if i tell this to investors in silicon valley which we did and you know we're now really like powered by by Silicon Valley tech world because disruption of a of a market like this is much easier if you come from people who have common sense and look <laughs> at this industry and say like, huh, 
let's all wrong. Let's do this right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Just, I, all I, these dinosaurs here. I, I totally agree. I remember saying about 10 years ago, going, okay, there was a real issue with the distributors just taking everything from you, taking the rights, they own it, and they can shelve it, they can do what they want. And even, well, there was a famous story, I think it was um, Boys Don't Cry. And Christine Vachon had made that movie and she'd sold it to, I can't remember who it was, and she was so excited. The movie was Oscar nominated. She was like, I can't wait for the end of year for my money to come through. Oh God, we can now make more movies. And she got the letter through and it said, we made this much. This is how much money was turned over. Here's how much you get. Zero. And mm, he's like, what? Yeah. And it turns out all mm. the marketing, the spend, this, that and the other. And it was, it's a huge lesson to have that much success. And right. then to make nothing from it. Right. The other side of the coin is, you know, she got her film out there. She got a film to the Oscars and, the, you know, she was able to make more films after that because of it. I think we're in this transitional period, though, where you still don't know what you're doing. So you still think that's the desirable achievement. Yes. Until, and we're in part, I'm part of this movement to educate and help. And everyone will do this over the next couple of years to help that there's alternatives out there where you can totally do that too. It's also a bit of psychology, but you know, you still, you know, I had like, I talked to people at producers here where they, they said, well, I know you're right, Klaus, but ah, I still want my movie to succeed at Sundance. You know? <laughs> no, that's it, isn't no. it? You, the recognition of it. Yeah. The, the glamour, if you're mm. in for the glamour, all right, well then try your best. But um, try your luck. And, you know, by the way, non-exclusive. It's in, like I said, transition. But, but it's about the, the, to, uh, to understand that you have the power to stand up and be yourself in this, have your own voice, and now you have your own tools to do so. You can create your fate totally by yourself. Uh, and it has nothing to do with that you don't have the financing or whatever. You can do everything like this. You can do your marketing um, and promotion campaigns uh, much more efficient. Mm. You can... You know, you just have to look a little bit over. You can team up. You know, there's so many, for example, digital marketing agencies. You can hire. You can hire the same guys the studios hire because they don't know how to do it. They hire these guys too. Yeah, that's true. And they make yeah. you a better deal if you if you're like small filmmaker than when Warner Brothers comes, right? So there's a lot of this going on. We just have to be, just wake up, and that's the part of the movement I really like. I'm a very non-corporate guy, as you can hear. Right? Yeah, so I, yeah, I love that. And yeah. I think it's about making a living uh, first, and then having a hit. So you want just to create and keep creating. In the old system, you cannot make a living unless you have a major hit and then you don't get paid. You see mm, that, right? Exactly. So it's always like a way into it and then you at their mercy to get the next job. And by God, I just don't, don't want any way, you know. You can, I've worked on, with many European com, um, directors who came to America after the first hit in Europe who then completely were part of the system where they had no control over anything. Uh, you know, this like... It, it, it actually goes way down to like suicidal um, motives at some point. You know, you people lose their lives, their creative lives over this because they are not being treated as creative. This is a different machine here. Mm. So I, I, um, I believe we, we now is the time. It's the beginning of it, but now's the time to actually learn about this, and that's why I'm speaking out for this. Like yeah. I've seen a lot, so I, I know that you can do this now. It's the beginning. You have to look over. Um, the border, you cannot just go by the old, you have to break with this old uh, habit of uh, what's desirable. Yeah. 
Totally agree. So someone puts their film onto your site, you send it off to various platforms and it gets picked up. What then does the filmmaker need to do? Do they then speak to that platform and work out the marketing strategy? Do they, you know, start, I don't know, what, what's, what's the, is there anything they need to do then? First, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to make deals. You don't have to do escrow. You don't have to hire lawyers, anything. It's all predefined for you by the system we built there, by the platform. Mm -hmm. And we even do like all the conversion and all this stuff. So you have to do anything after you've done it once. You, Amazing. You, you get notified how your title got picked now by China Mobile. Uh, your title gets delivered now. Oh, your title is live. That's all you, you need to know, right? Mm -hmm. Then, of course, you should start the promotion helping now these platforms do promotion but you shouldn't rely on them you shouldn't rely on netflix doing promotion for your title on their homepage. that's like the last thing which yeah. will happen by the way yes yeah exactly <laughs> and and that's not how people discover not at least um people who we talk about are filmmakers of independent film which do some special cool stuff mm. you don't discover that film on the homepage of amazon prime Mm -hmm. the, the audience doesn't the audience is not there that's just I don't know who goes to a homepage of Amazon Prime and discovers <laughs> but I, nobody I know um, and again you can get at these at your audience um, depending on what you're doing you know find the angle and you can promote and market it much more efficiently than all of these distributors who promise you the world can mm -hmm. do it you can then if you have some budget yeah go and, and look out and we're helping with that higher marketing agencies who do is like you know you have this guy sitting in asia and they're just doing asia for you mm. you have to be a bit of more of an entrepreneur today but then you can achieve by the way you get paid from us right immediately as soon as there's a stream uh, you see every stream everyone watching it in every country every time so that's actually the the the, the exact opposite of the old industry and you get paid without any deductions or any secrets and or any fine and it's 80 20 percent split is that right right we, right now that's our business model we we finance the platform only the moment you get paid so we take our 20 percent out of it whatever we, we receive and then pay it out to you mm -hmm. which we think is still um a very good deal a you get paid <laughs> yes um, yes b it's uh, about half of what it would be in the old industry mm -hmm. um and there you might never get paid, by the way, and and you don't see the reports. And here you see it very open. You have the analytics, really, like on your online. Mm -hmm. And we're working on that too right now, so you can see which country when. You know exactly what works, like on the Thursday night in in India, you know, in March. So something like this. So That's you get very, it gets very interesting. Where you can suddenly see also. Ah, maybe I can do a campaign there around Easter because, because that's something when they're for, watching a certain type of film, or exactly yeah, right. Right. And, and, and just do some email campaign or something. You, know, you can do everything for free these days. You know, it's you don't have to even have a digital budget. Um, yes, no, I can get very far. And have you had any nice success stories that you can tell us about? Oh, I had so many. I mean, um, I am just one friend of us actually who put who could not. It's a, it's a. Um, uh, animated children TV show from Made in France to super high quality, really mm -hmm. broadcast quality, whatever, and couldn't get sold outside a couple of territories in you know, France and stuff. And nobody wanted it. We tried actually before we had this platform with my partners here in, in, the, in the film distribution company, uh, you know, we package films, etc., to sell it to the usual suspects of TV in America. No. It was turned down. This is now one of the most successful shows we have on the platform, making hundreds of thousands of dollars for that guy. What's it called? It's called uh, Lulu's Island. Check it out. It's on Amazon. You know, it's, it. it's a very cute uh, children TV show. Um, 
And there's other other examples where we have titles which were either turned down by the old system mm-hmm. or had some some success in being like in festivals, but not further. And now suddenly you, you can just like put it out everywhere. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's lots of, we have like, um, we're putting up some success stories on the website as we speak. So, so you can see some filmmakers who, you know, who are treated badly by the old system, which there are plenty. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, enjoy this kind of freedom to say, well, okay, it is a machine we're building here. It's not someone who promises you the world, but you get still, you know, it's made by passionate filmmakers like me. Absolutely. And you can go there and you can see it on filmhub.com. That's where you can go to their website and have a look. Can people submit um, short films and web yeah, series? Absolutely. Dude. Great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah. Great. It's really so, great shorts. We just did like an. It was like these. Now we have so many um, streaming services now, and now also TV stations come in, and we had these um, um, this campaign where like 500 short films were shown on like a, on the broadcast station in North America. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that going on now. Now suddenly shorts can have a, a life as well. By the Which way. Which is so important because people make shorts and they go, "Oh, I don't know what to do with it." And even if they do get distribution, uh, and they make it to a couple of you know, channels, which we have done with some of our shorts, it, it's still really tough to get anything back. Um, and yeah. they get played on those channels all the time. Whereas with this system, it sounds like it's a, it's a much, much better system. Um, obviously, they can go to filmhub.com. Where can they follow you yourself, Klaus, online? Yeah, I'm, yeah I'm on, on Twitter and online, as, on Facebook as well. I'm on kbadelt uh, is my tweet. Uh, but you can also just follow me through... Um, the filmhub.com website. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna go out more now, and this is my thing. I uh, think I I'm doing much more now with FilmHub because we saw so much demand and so much need for it. We just put it up and see what happens. Yeah, and now I really want to focus on this and and uh, speak about this and see if we can have filmmakers understand. And I'm sure we can to make them understand that there is now a different life out there, and you can make a living um, and you can have a hit uh, if you do it right and uh, you don't have to um, submit to the old system and get stuck with it and frustrated as so many of our friends and filmmakers who just gave up yeah that's so nice to hear um, so like I say do check that out it's it's a very exciting service and it's it's really great to talk to you um, you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod go to our website filmmakerspodcast.com where you can get our back catalogue of podcasts with some amazing people um, and if you've enjoyed listening to this please do like share and subscribe to us on iTunes and retweet us all the time at Filmmakers Pod remember being prepared is everything You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Yeah, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for your time talking to us about this. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. It's a pleasure. Uh, And Film Hub, um, the distribution platform for filmmakers. Get your films sent there. Get them in. Start making some money for your shorts, your web series, your films. Love it. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. And then we'll see you guys next Tuesday, as always. Take care for now.